where we always present anatomy through a biblical lens. It is our goal to help people understand the synchronicity, if that's a word, between anatomy and the Bible. We like to begin each show with prayer requests, which can be made at prayer at erratphysiology.com. And today's benefit is that by the end of this podcast, you're going to understand how your body harnesses energy to increase athletic performance. This will be a podcast where I get to geek out a little bit and I get to explain exercise physiology in a way that can be tangible, in a way that can hopefully help you increase an area of performance in your life. And that's becoming more and more the goal as I recognize the need to solve problems for individuals. How can I help you increase performance, whether that's athletic, academic, spiritual, mental, whatever the case may be. Lately on my heart has been the number seven, and that was really pronounced uh, earlier today when I was on the phone with a mentor uh, who I appreciate their time greatly. And they were shocked that we produce this podcast every three days minus the Sabbath. And uh, we've done pretty well in that. You know, uh, some hiccups here and there. Today's an example of that. I'm recording much later in the day than I normally do. Um, But everything happens for a reason and we're rolling with the punches. He suggested that we set up a week, um, sort of an ideal week on what to work on uh, in the areas of focus and converting this podcast to a weekly podcast. And I'm going to submit to his recommendation and guidance on that. And so whether that remains Monday or another day, I'm not 100% clear on that. I need to pray on that. Uh, But this is going to convert into a weekly podcast from this point forth. That's certainly something that could change in the future, and I'll let you know if that does change. Luckily, we have over 20 episodes already in the bank. And so if you're just joining us, there's plenty of content to go through. Uh, But I also don't want to overwhelm with so much content that people can't keep up. And I think a week is a fair balance between overwhelming amount of content and not enough content. So as a reminder in our mission, who we are, what we do, why we're here and how we do it, uh, we're here to serve men ages 20 to 40 who have ever felt persecuted over the God-given qualities. Now, why the age range 20 to 40? Well, I'm 37, so I've experienced most of that time frame. And the person that you're best apt to help is the person you used to be. And so I'm looking to help serve men who are in the shoes that I've been in in the past. Doesn't mean that uh, a person might be 50 and in shoes that I used to be in. Our life experience is unique to ourselves. It's the path that God has paved for us so long as we follow it. And uh, I want to help disciple men and get them through sticking points in their life. So how do I do that? Well, through our anecdotal experiences in life, as well as the field of anatomy, and more importantly, the scholastic truth of the Bible, aimed at increasing male performance, we teach how God's word impacts every facet of our lives. So everything that we do is going to have God's word embedded in it, whether it's the title of this episode or pretty much on a paragraph by paragraph basis, what we disseminate is going to be embedded with God's word. What has God provided me the ability to do? Well, I was a cable technician for over seven years. I learned a lot. Before that, I was even a bartender, believe it or not. Um, after being a telecommunications technician, a cable guy, essentially, I went back to school and became a professional student of sorts through a undergraduate and graduate experience. 
which I can even continue today with graduate experience. Uh, then I was lucky enough to become a professor. And now I'm finally scratching the need to be an entrepreneur. And so there's a lot of experiences that I have that can help people, whether it be overcoming an addiction like pornography, whether it be getting into college with a low high school GPA, getting into grad school with a low GRE, uh, simply learning how to increase your mental performance to be a better dad, simply drawing closer to God, increase your spiritual performance, or like we're going to talk about today, how to increase your athletic performance. Um, we all want to be able to play with our kids and grandkids. And for some of us, it may be as simple as that, just getting up and moving. A pretty easy recommendation there. Some of us, we might want to squat four, five, six hundred pounds. I'm thankful that an hour ago, maybe an hour and a half ago, I did squat 400 pounds. I got three reps. So I was pretty happy about that. Um, there's more in there and I'll keep progressing. But for me, I'm one of those individuals that wants to see with Jesus spotting me, of course, what I am capable of, what this body that God has created, where its limits are. And uh, although I don't believe I'll ever deadlift a thousand pounds or anywhere near the world record of 1,104 pounds, I believe it is, uh, I want to see what this body is capable of. And uh, I've been I've been able to surprise myself. And uh, if you're interested in that, I can help you learn what your body is capable of and see what you can surprise yourself with. Most of you can deadlift 300 plus pounds and you have no clue uh, of what you're capable of. A pretty easy feat actually to deadlift 300 pounds for just about anybody. A lot of my female lifters that I've worked with in the past do that quite easily with just some simple methodology implemented. Getting off track a little bit there, and you can see my excitement that I have with exercise science and people lifting weights and seeing what they're capable of. And it's because we have the societal influence that we're no good, especially men. This societal influence that our role in our families has no value, that we are interchangeable, that we can just be thrown to the side. And if we start believing that lie that the devil is using to succumb us to the evil tactics he is putting within our society, well, then we're never even going to attempt to try a back squat of that or a deadlift of that or to write a book or to get into grad school because we're living our lives in fear because we believe that we're no good and he's got us right where he wants us. So again, whether it's spiritual, mental, physical performance, whatever the case may be, there's probably an experience in my life where I've been able to overcome something where the lie told me I couldn't. And maybe the lie is telling you that you can't. And uh, let me know so I can help you get through something that perhaps I've done in my life. So we're here to serve brothers primarily. But through brothers, we believe that we can serve sisters. And through sisters, we believe we can serve our children. And through that, we believe we can start to influence uh, friends. We can influence groups. We can influence schools. We can influence neighborhoods. We can influence communities. We really see this as an, a, as an opportunity for us to start with men and have it cast out from there. If we can train men how to increase their performance and serve those around them selflessly and do so better by breaking up the lies that we've been told, uh, we believe we're going to help more than just men in the long term. 
And we do that with authenticity in the midst of change. There was some word I said I can't even remember now in the beginning that I'm pretty sure I just made up. Uh, I'm not going to erase that. I'm not going to edit. I want this to be authentic. I want to develop a relationship with each of you. In fact, as I change from every three-day podcast to a weekly podcast, in the future, I can see myself easily creating a separate podcast that's on a weekly basis that is a member-exclusive podcast. So there'll be the free podcast that you're listening to right now, and there'll be a member-exclusive podcast where I dive in deeper to people within our community and their specific questions and those sorts of things. So just a number of things that are on our radar and who we are, what we do, why we do it, and how we do it, all funneling through God's Word in the Bible. The story that I'd like to share with you today is a story of my route back to football. Um, now, I didn't become a professional football player like I wanted to when I was six, seven, eight years old. Um, but my route back to football is interesting because at the end of the story, it really doesn't have anything to do with football. It has to do with proving myself wrong and proving the naysayers wrong. So the only time in my life that I was ever one of the biggest players on my football team was the very first team I was affiliated with. Uh, Here in Idaho, we call it Optimus football. Most other areas, I think, call it peewee football. Anyways, my birthday is in August, and so I was pretty much always the youngest in my class. So for school, I was always the youngest, like I just said, but for Optimus football, the date was different, so I was pretty much always the oldest. So the couple years that I was an optimist football were kind of a bummer because I played in all the athletes that were in the grade below me. So when I was in sixth grade and middle school, I was still playing football with fifth graders from the elementary school. When I was in seventh grade and middle school, I was now playing with other middle schoolers, but they were sixth graders. Um, So I developed some friendships in that lower class. I shouldn't say lower class, but the younger class. And uh, it was the one time in my life that I played offensive and defensive line. Um, It's amazing how much a year can change things. Now, when I went to middle school football, I started playing with my grade and I was instantly like the smallest kid. In fact, I played on a team called the lightweight team. There was a heavyweight and there was a lightweight at our middle school. Um, But I was definitely on the lightweight. I think the marker was like 150 pounds or less. When I made it to high school, I was still one of the smallest. I think I was a freshman and my height was probably four foot 11, maybe five foot. And I think I weighed about 80, 85 pounds. I was a little guy. So my football career basically ended after freshman year of high school. In fact, I didn't even make it to the end of the year. Never played it down, never caught a pass, never did anything. And it was this overall negative experience that I was frustrated with because I was so tiny and I felt it was unfair and I just got angry with it. And for a few years, I just kind of forgot about it and focused on other things. When I was about 17, 18, 19 years old is when I discovered bodybuilding. And I was like, hang on, here's something that I can get a hold of and something that I can really try and alter my physique, something that I was embarrassed with. I definitely had sort of that short man, um, little guy syndrome, you know, even today, 230 pounds, I look at myself in the mirror, like I'm 120 pounds, uh, something that I still struggle with, but you know, have a healthy relationship with it now more so than I did in the past. 
Nevertheless, I put on 20, 30, 40 pounds pretty quickly, uh, really not knowing anything um, other than just eating as much as I possibly could and and doing the lifts that I've seen other people do before. Form was probably awful. I seem to remember it as being atrocious. And uh, sets and reps, had no clue, maybe found an article or two online, and that was about it. But it was that bodybuilding experience and seeing my body adapt that I turned into this new individual, essentially. I would run across people from high school that wouldn't recognize me. And uh, I have a 20-year reunion coming up here. I I think there's probably going to be a number of people asking me who the heck I am. Because I don't even think I look like I did 20 years ago. Um, And bodybuilding is just one aspect of that. So really became invested and excited in what demand can I impose on my body uh, and, and see how it responds to it. Kind of treating my body as a test subject. And so that led me back to school and kinesiology. And pretty much every time I learned something in the classroom, I ran to the gym to try and apply it, to prove it wrong or to see what my body would do or how it would respond. And so I've learned tons of things over the years and a lot of mistakes. I've overtrained my body time and time and time again. I've followed programs that are supposed to be for those that are using steroids, not realizing they're supposed to be those for those who using steroids and just wrecking my body because I never used steroids. Um, I've done stuff like that. I've done CrossFit routines and broken my body down. Uh, I've done high repetition workouts. I've done low repetition workouts. I've done basically everything and learned a ton through the process. And there became a point in time when I was in my undergraduate degree that I said, I now have a base knowledge that I can share with people. And the person that I wanted to affect in that time was the freshman who was four foot 11 and 80 pounds because that was the person I used to be. And I didn't want them to give up on football because I was convinced that had I found bodybuilding and powerlifting earlier and applied it at the right time and had a little bit of fortitude and persistence in the sport of football, that I would have been able to go on to a college probably not division one, maybe not even division two, but I'm confident that had I stuck with it, I would have eventually got to where I wanted to go. And in the profession of strength and conditioning, that's critical because a lot of times you're not going to be a strength and conditioning coach at the college level. If you don't have a significant amount of football playing experience specifically at the college level. And later on in life, I learned that the hard way, that'll be a different story for a different time. But it allowed me to start this process of giving back to somebody that I used to be. And as I went on and on and on, I always ended up being that person that people would seek for advice. And provided that I'd gone through their experience, I could help them if they were a previous version of myself. So same thing that I'm doing today. As I'm now nearly 40, that age range, again, 20 to 40, I'm looking for men that are in an experience that I have been through that I can help. Now, today, it's not as much a strength and conditioning sort of input as it is a biblical input, but that's still part of my experience and something that I will share and happily share and enjoy sharing like I will today because I really am motivated by the way that God has designed our bodies and how they adapt to ridiculous impositions that we place upon them. Things that you would think would just break a person in half. 
we can build up to and do some phenomenal things. I, I've never thought that I would squat three repetitions of 400 when I was in high school or even in my early 20s or maybe even to my mid and late 20s. And that was just kind of dinking around in the garage. It was fun today. You know, uh, I'd probably be closer to 500 pounds in terms of a one rep max for both deadlift and squat. For a kid that was 80 pounds in high school, at the beginning of high school, that seems ridiculous and not even possible. But it's been a really fun journey going through it. It's been a grind, and we're going to talk about that pertaining to what matters, and that is the Bible. Specifically, our verse today, which is Colossians 1, 28 through 29. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom, that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Again, that was Colossians 1, 28 through 29. Sometimes I go down a rabbit hole of commentary, and I apologize about that. That's not my intention. My intention is to pick out pieces that we can apply as men to make us better men, better fathers, better leaders, better contributors to society, but also throw in my experience on how I can teach along with that application. And so I'm going to do that through what we call metabolic systems here in just a minute. But before then, that'll be our third application. Our first two applications is really about the journey of being a Christian and how it's analogous to the journey of weightlifting as I've experienced it over my life. So the first part is teaching everyone with all wisdom. There's no doubt about it. Christian commitment is hard. I've said on a previous podcast that I used to get angry with churches because they would say, all you have to do is say this prayer and you're good. And that's totally not the truth. You have to work and work and work and be in the word daily and constantly experience life as a testing ground to apply what you've learned. And if you're not in the word, you don't have anything to continually test and you're being formed more by the society than you are God's word. Only the dedicated persist. I've been listening a lot to this Earl Nightingale, The Strangest Secret book, uh, going through a 30-day challenge on that and restarted it twice at this point. Um, but continuing on with that, and he talks about how faith is analogous to persistence. If you didn't have faith, you wouldn't persist. Why do we do anything in life? Why do we have goals for anything? You know, did I just happen to stumble upon a 400-pound squat? No, I wrote it down as a goal. I wrote down a program on how I was going to get there. And it's funny because this is just common knowledge to me with all my experience, but I'm relearning this with business that I have to do the same thing. I have to write a roadmap. And to be honest, I have no clue how to do that, but I know the process is the same and I'm surrounding myself with people that are going to encourage me in that and get me creating that plan so I can eventually get to that 400 pound squat per se, at least in terms of business. Second application is toil, struggling with all his energy. Again, Christianity is difficult. The path is narrow. There are many times that I struggle with trying to understand God's word and trying to understand how to apply it properly. Time after time, I fail both in reading God's word on a regular basis and applying God's word on a regular basis. And I get down on myself for that. But when I stop 
I press the brake pedal and I think about the journeys that I've had in my life and how much of a grind there has been. In a lot of ways, I miss the grind. And so I'm reminding myself to enjoy this process. I don't want to fall trap into, and I don't want you to fall trap into the type of person that never changes anything because it's easier to be compliant. It's either easier to be complacent and just do what is easiest to do. Well, we're never going to progress if we do that. And if we want to progress, there's going to be some grinding that's involved in it. And we have to learn to enjoy the grind. You know, most of my training in my early years was bodybuilding base, but I never, I never competed. There was zero desire for me to be up in a little whatever they wear on stage showing off my physique. I've just never been wired that way. So what was the output? What was seeing what my body could do? It was seeing how my body could adapt. It was a very personal thing. And it was influential on other people because they saw how I was adapting. But truly, the grind was the performance for me. The grind was the competition. And so I'm relearning these things in business and recording this podcast and publishing the website and put, uh, working on courses, uh, building a community, all sorts of things that I'm in the midst of a grind right now. And it's fun. It's fun. It's fun in a similar way that the grind was when I was lifting all those weights. And it's a lifelong grind. It's, it's not going to cease. It's going to continue to go, to go, and go. If you're the type of person that needs some sort of performance, there's plenty of ways that you can perform and you can compete and show that work. For me, it was different. For me, it's always been seeing the process evolve as I went. I never really had a desire to perform or to compete. And I'll take that mindset to the business as well. I'll enjoy the grind, not really looking for an area of where I can perform and where I can compete. It may be the wrong approach, but that's how God's wired me. All right, now for me, for the really fun part, um, this is the last application, all his energy. And what I've done here is I've picked out, that's not a word, picked out the one instance, at least in the English Standard Version translation of the Bible, in which the word energy appears. And that is one Colossians, or excuse me, Colossians 1, 28 through 29, specifically 29. And that word energy as it applies to human anatomy and physiology, the scientific part of that, the energy is the food that we consume. And all food that we consume undergoes one of three metabolic systems. And what's cool about this, we have first the phosphagen, then we have the glycolytic, and we have the oxidative. And briefly here, I can give you some second durations to make sense of this. Phosphagen is usually like 12 seconds or less. Glycolytic is after that to about 90 seconds, and oxidative is anything above 90 seconds. So think of any activity, like 40-yard dash, most of us should be able to complete a 40-yard dash in six or seven seconds. At the highest level, they're doing it at like four seconds. Either way, it's under that 12 seconds, and so you're utilizing what's called the phosphagen system. Now, what's cool about that is the more that you utilize a specific system, like the phosphagen system, the better you get at it, the more optimal you become. Now, you can't be good at everything, so if you're really concentrating your efforts in the phosphagen system of activities that are roughly 12 seconds or less, 
you're going to get worse in the glycolytic area. You're going to get worse or decrease performance in the oxidative area. But you can spend uh, phases and jump back and forth between the systems to continually stimulate your system. So I might spend some time in the phosphagen, then some time in the glycolytic, then some time in the oxidative, and work my way sort of to and fro to get the best adaptation that I can get um, for, for what the intended demand is. And in bodybuilding, that's often what they do. They'll go back and forth because their goal is symmetry and sculpting of muscle. And so they'll challenge it in all these sorts of ways. That was along the lines of my goal in the beginning. My goal since has been what can my output be from a power standpoint and from a strength standpoint. And so I've spent most of the last 10 years in the phosphagen system doing things that are one rep, three reps, five reps. I've gotten to the point where if I do 10 reps, it feels completely exhausting to me because I spend very little time in the glycolytic system and the oxidative system. And it's great. It's cool because you can say, well, I, you know, I squat 400 pounds or whatever. Well, remain humble because if any one of you were to invite me to run the mile, I would humiliate myself because I hardly ever train in that system. You know, sometimes we go to the gym and we see the big guy or the, uh, the person with uh, the physique that we're looking for and we think, man, I, I couldn't compete with that person in anything. Well, odds are they're somewhere on the spectrum between phosphagen and oxidative, just like you. And if they're on one extreme like somebody like me is, you can challenge them to the opposite extreme and compete with them fairly easily and probably actually beat them. The athletes that participate in the middle of the glycolytic system are the ones that could accept that challenge with the most success, but even they are highly conditioned in that glycolytic area, which is, again, roughly 12 seconds to 90 seconds. When you think glycolytic, think about CrossFit, huge glycolytic system users. The word glycolytic is the lysis of glucose, so you're using glucose as your primary energy source. Phosphagen there's a molecule associated with that phosphate. Uh, you're utilizing those molecules primarily. And then oxidative is also known as an aerobic side, um, but ox comes from the word oxygen. And so you're utilizing mainly oxygen to fuel your performance. Whatever the pathway you use, it's fun to kind of bounce around between the different areas, the metabolic systems, and challenge yourself in a new and unique way. For instance, again, if I spend a number of years in the phosphagen system and then I try to jump into the glycolytic or oxidative, it's a very humbling experience because my body is not conditioned in that way. In fact, a primary example of that was when I ran, uh, I didn't run track or cross country, but in PE, I ran the mile as a test every so often. And at 15 years old, I used to run the mile in between five and six minutes. I was naturally gifted in the area of the oxidative system. It was fairly easy for me. So the first couple of years lifting glycolytically or in the phosphagen system were very challenging to me. I was very slow in how I moved weight. Everything was quite the struggle. It took me a long time to break through that oxidative side to get into the phosphagen system or the glycolytic system. And now that I'm on the other end of the extreme, Anything oxidative is very, very challenging for me. And so whenever I'm trying to cut or tone up, I stimulate myself glycolytically and sometimes even oxidatively to 
adhere to what I'm looking for and get the demands that are going to cause the effect and the adaptations that I'm looking for. I'll give you some examples of sports here. Phosphagen, think of like powerlifting or Olympic weightlifting. One rep, very explosive, very fast, sometimes slow in powerlifting, which is funny because it's a misnomer. It's called powerlifting, but it's really not powerful. It's it's strength-based, not power-based. But nevertheless, you're not lifting anything for longer than 12 seconds, probably not lifting anything for longer than about five seconds. The glycolytic, I talked about uh, CrossFit before. Um, think of like a 400 meter, one lap. A number of swimming events are glycolytic. And then oxidative is pretty easy. Uh, anything, you know, half a mile or more is going to be oxidative. Um, long distance running, marathon running, um, the couch to 5K stuff, all that sort of, uh, all those sorts of activities. Uh, even really anything, even being on the rowing machine for more than about 90 seconds is going to put you into the oxidative. And even just now, as I'm talking to you sitting here resting, as you're listening to this, probably resting, uh, you're in the oxidative system. So your body is always cycling back and forth between these systems. Now, questions might come up on which one is best for weight loss, which one is best for strength, those sorts of things. And I'd be happy to answer those questions on a case-by-case basis, but I would recommend not getting too hung up in any one system as far as a, a vanity thing from a weight loss perspective. I would do what you enjoy. Now, I minored in psychology, so I'm always going to have a psychological spin on things, but I'd rather prescribe something that someone enjoys because their adherence to the program is going to be much greater than if they didn't enjoy it. Right? Not many of us are going to be disciplined enough to continually do something over and over that we don't enjoy. You know, I cite all this success that I've had in bodybuilding and powerlifting, and it's all personal success. Again, I never competed to set any records or anything like that, but it was all something that I enjoyed. Otherwise, like anybody else, I would have fallen off the wagon. So when you're looking at exercise, look at it from stimulating these metabolic systems and pick an activity that falls within one of these systems and give it your best shot. All the other stuff is going to come with it. You know, the best workout ever written is worth nothing if the client, if the person utilizing it is not consistent. You can Google uh, fat loss plan right now. You can Google strength gain plan right now. And I'm confident that whatever you find, if you're consistent with it, is going to work. Everything works. It just doesn't work forever. People like me come into the equation when you've done a program or two and you're hitting a wall and you can't get past that next plateau. And I can show you some tips and tricks on how to do that. Uh, but it's a lot of fun when you think of it from a metabolic system standpoint of this phosphagen, glycolytic, and oxidative. And we're just scratching the surface. I won't bore you on you know, the adenosine triphosphate within the phosphagen system. Uh, the glucose and the lysis of glucose to get pyruvate in the glycolytic system, and then the oxidative system, the conversion of pyruvate to acetylcholate and the Krebs cycle going through and blah, 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 blah. There's a whole lot to it molecularly that we would talk about in a class, like an exercise physiology class, that's really fun to talk about too and cool to analyze. But the majority of people that are looking to increase their athletic performance are just looking for sort of a how-to to do it. And so my recommendation at that would be to focus on one of these three systems, pick a sport or an activity within that system, and just go all out. Enjoy it. 
have fun. And if you need a program, email me. I'll send you a program. On our website, we have like 12 programs that are already built and ready to go. Okay. So uh, I encourage you to do that. And if it's a way that I can serve you, happy to do it. That website is airretphysiology.com. We have a couple lead magnets that are not up on the website, but we have and we're ready to deliver them to you. Well, let me backtrack. We're ready to deliver one of them to you, the learning styles PDF that helps you understand if you're a visual, auditory, or kinesthetic learner. The other one that I'd like to distribute is every Bible verse pertaining to human anatomy. It's over 200,000 words that we've compiled, and it's over 440 pages. I think it's 443 pages total. However, we do not have permission to distribute that yet. We are currently working with Crossway, who is sort of the governing body over the ESV translation. And once we get permission to distribute that, um, we would love to distribute it in the form of a PDF so you can see how directly linked human anatomy is with the Bible. Um, you don't go 443 pages, single space, times New Roman, size 12, without having a very, very strong connection biblically. And most people don't think of human anatomy and physiology as a biblical endeavor. They think of it as a scientific endeavor, which is false. It's a 100% a biblical endeavor. Science is just exposing the truth that God already created in the beginning. We think we know so much about human anatomy and physiology. We're really just observing more that has already been laid down as truth. Uh, I've used the iceberg uh, analogy many times in the past. God understands the entire iceberg. We're understanding bits and pieces, sort of ice cube at a time. We also are going to attach some affiliate links below, uh, books we recommend, software that we use that we recommend, you can scroll down to the show notes and you can click on those if you'd like to order a book. Um, and those are all through affiliate links and do help us. Um, don't cost you anything extra. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. I'm not going to include an affiliate link that's going to cost you any extra than what you normally would have paid. Um, but they do help us out and give us sort of a commission kickback. So we'd appreciate that. Uh, it's the easiest way that you can support this show, this free show, is by clicking an affiliate link and purchasing a book or something like that. So starting last episode and continuing today and forward, I'd like to send you home with a take-home message. So I'd like to state that in the same way you can change your body, you can change your mind for Christ. I've learned the hard way how to change my body over time. And now I'm applying the same principles that I learned in exercise physiology to my biblical progression as a Christian. The body God gave you will adapt to any imposed demands. A lot of times we tell ourselves we can't do something. Now I'm not suggesting that if you squat 180 pounds that you should throw 600 pounds on the bar and give it a run. But I am suggesting you, with enough time to get you there that it's quite possible that you can either achieve that phenomenal goal or you can inch your way closer and closer to it. Now that big of a goal, it might be a decade. It might be more than that. But you were given a body that will adapt to some crazy feats of strength that you can't even imagine right now and wrap your head around. Probably haven't even asked the question. I'm experiencing this with uh, mentors right now from a business standpoint. You know, I say, oh, it'd be nice to make $500,000 a year or a million dollars a year. And oftentimes they're challenging me that I'm thinking too little, that I'm thinking too small. 
Uh, it's the same way in strength and conditioning. We're like, yeah, I'd be happy with a 200-pound bench press or a 200-pound squat or whatever the case is. What God gave us is capable of far, far more than what we think it is. So my take-home message to conclude, my third would be to figure out what you want to be and do that. And that's advice to myself as well. In my business, I need to figure out what I want to be and then do it. If you want to become a powerlifter, figure out what powerlifters are doing and do that. Phrased in that way, it's really quite simple. Let's conclude today with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen.